Good morning and welcome to this. <laughs> oh, here we are laughing already. Such joy, <laughs> Father. It's so wonderful. To you know be you're together. listening to the Sacred Heart Hour when the three of us are panting with laughter. <laughs> so. Lot, lot to be joyful about, Father. Amen. Hallelujah. As we enter into this Sacred Heart Hour on this first Friday of the month of July, here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, we invite you, our listeners, our family, to join us as we begin this hour dedicated to the Sacred Heart of Jesus by praying the morning offering prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world. I offer them for all the intentions of your sacred heart, the salvation of souls, reparation for sin, and the reunion of all Christians. I offer them for the intentions of our bishops and of all apostles of prayer, and in particular for those recommended by our Holy Father this month. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Chuck. Well, Father, Joanne. as we start today, July 2nd, this is sort of the second half. Father. We made it through of the, the first year, half. Of the year of life, yeah, of the show. Yeah. <laughs> we made it through the first half. Now we're going to head to the second half. And we're excited to be here because I think the second half is going to be a real wonderful opportunity for all of our listeners out there to really enter in deeper into the heart of love. And, you know, maybe, Father, for those that maybe have not experienced the Sacred Heart, are not aware of the Sacred Heart, why there's a devotion to the Sacred Heart. Yeah. Well, those are a lot of questions, yeah. Father. Maybe help our listeners out there uh, for the first time, particularly first-time listeners. Yeah. In 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> we do have a full program. <laughs> No, that's a, those are all excellent questions. And, you know, as we just concluded the month of June, the month of the Sacred Heart of our Lord Jesus Christ, and now we're in the month of July, a month dedicated to the precious blood. These are all good questions because as we go through the different months of the year, every month is set aside to honoring or venerating or considering meditating upon some element of our faith. So having moved out of the month of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, the month of June, and now into the month of the Precious Blood, both of these months gives us an opportunity to draw close to the one mm. who saves us, the Lord Jesus Christ. And of course, we enter deep into sacred scripture. Um, we enter deep into the, the words of everlasting life, the New Testament, the Gospels. And in sacred scripture, we learn about our Father's love for us and how deep his love is and how he sends his Son to us in the flesh. It's what we call the incarnation. And in the incarnation, God takes flesh. He has a body. He has a name. He has eyes. He has a face. Mm -hmm. He has hands. He has a voice. He can hear us. And at the center of that reality of the person of Jesus is the heart. And it's amazing how over the course of 2,000 years, the Lord Jesus Christ does not give up on us. He goes so far as to even reveal the depth of his love and his mercy as rooted in his heart. Now, in sacred scripture, the reality of the word heart is referenced 
I mean, it's referenced hundreds of times. Depending on how you count, it's over 700, it's just under 1,000. But nevertheless, whenever the heart is referenced in Scripture, it doesn't necessarily point towards the, the muscle in the center of your body. It points towards the whole person. So if someone says, my heart hurts, they're saying, my whole person, my whole life, it hurts right now. Or if you say, my heart uh, leaps for joy, it's like, there's not a part of me that is not filled with joy. So when the, the Lord Jesus Christ offers us his heart, he's offering us the totality, the entirety of his person. But he also knows that we are relational as creatures. He made us, and he knows that we have to have We have to have someone to look upon. We have to have someone that will hear us. We have to have someone that will speak to us. We have to have someone that will walk with us. And so the Lord gives us his heart. But without scripture, we don't understand the reference to the sacred heart of Jesus. We think, oh, it's just a body part. Well, no, not exactly. He's offering the totality of all of who he is to us in the heart. He's giving us his very presence, his very person, his heart. And, of course, in the 1670s, so we're jumping ahead 1,600 years from Scripture, from God in the flesh walking and talking on earth. In the 1670s, the Lord Jesus appeared to St. Margaret Mary, and this is not the first time he speaks of his heart. I mean, he's been doing this for 1,600 years, everything from having a heartbeat within the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary while he's in utero, to at the Last Supper, his heart is beating, and John places his head on his breast, having his heart pierced on the cross— But you jump ahead, 1670s, Jesus appears to St. Margaret Mary, and he reveals his heart in such a way to where he asks that an image be given to the whole world where his heart is exposed, so that people realize he's not just another person. He is, as the heart of God, the sacred heart of Jesus, he is our king, brother, and friend. And this heart is made available to us so that we will never ever have a reason to think that there is so much distance between God and us that we cannot overcome it. And that's one of the reasons why I love to remind myself and everyone else, we are only as far from God as we want to be, because he's even given us his heart. He's given us his presence. He's given us his person. And the Eucharist and the Sacred Heart. They're the same reality. The Blessed Sacrament is the Eucharistic mystery, the Eucharistic presence of God in the flesh that we receive in Holy Communion. That's why it's so important for us to be in a state of grace. When we receive Holy Communion, we have to be in a state of grace to receive Holy Communion. And that reality of the heart of Jesus, the total person, the presence of Jesus, is present um, in Eucharistic form, sacramental, mysterial form, uh, in the Holy Eucharist. So when we receive our Lord Jesus Christ in the Holy Eucharist, it's not just an action that's void of a presence. It's not just a symbol that reminds us of something from 2,000 years ago. It's the presence. That's why we genuflect. We lower our head. We bow. We have a moment of silence before, a moment of thanksgiving afterwards, because we're receiving the heart, the presence of the living God, Jesus. And I think sometimes our non-Catholic brothers and sisters uh, really need to understand that, that it's not an exclusion right. of them. It's, no, not it's at all. More, and, and when you say that, amen, Yeah. It's really much larger. Yeah. It's really a faith yeah. that I believe. I believe not just in the real presence, but I believe in the church. Yeah. I believe in the teaching. In everything Jesus says. In everything Jesus says. But see right there, a lot of Catholics need to learn that too. Exactly. You know, it's like when oh, you yeah. go forward to the Lord in Holy Communion yeah. and you receive, you're not receiving just that one part of truth, his presence. You're yeah. basically making a public assent to believe everything the Lord has ever taught. And the Lord expects of us. And so, you know, while we want everyone to partake 
in that presence the Lord offers, we also have to make sure that everyone acknowledges what they believe when they go forward to receive. And that's one of the beautiful things. It's like, if you're not yet ready for the powerful presence of the Lord in the Eucharist, then bring the powerful presence of his heart into your home and allow his light Mm -hmm. to start illuminate the darkness within. And that's for Catholics and non-Catholics alike. We are all in need of growing in our knowledge, love, and service of the Lord. And particularly families today and homes today need Jesus more. And he wants to be exposed and honored in your home. And I like it, Father, when you say, and uh, let the Lord come in, expose his sacred heart, and let him let him rearrange the furniture. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, whether you let him or not, he's going to rearrange <laughs> the furniture. <laughs> so for the listeners. It might get a little messy for a while. Then he brings Our Lady in to clean up the mess. Exactly. <laughs> for, for our listeners, go to welcomeisheart.com, welcomeisheart.com. A lot more information there. You can even download uh, home enthronement kits, manuals, and uh, you have wonderful videos, teaching videos, and it's just a wonderful resource today to help you continue your journey to fall in love with Jesus in a deeper way. And as we look at our program today, Father, uh, we're sort of looking at this gospel reading um, and maybe reflecting on what are the barriers that people prevent people from enthroning their homes. Well, and truth be told, any barrier that might exist or any hindrance or any hurdle that might come between someone and the Lord, bringing the Lord's heart into their home, it's ultimately going to be a barrier between them and the Lord. Hmm. I mean, we say the enthronement because we want the sacred heart in every home and every household and every person's soul. But truth be told, remember, they're bringing the Lord in. So any hurdle between the sacred heart of Jesus is ultimately hurdle between them and the Lord. And there's a distance or a breakdown maybe um, or a fear in the prayer life. But, you know, the, uh, the, most opportun- the most beautiful thing to remember is the Father loves us so much that he gives us his Son. And if you're just going to John's Gospel, remember, um, for God so loved the world, he gave his Son. He didn't offer him. He gave his Son to us, to the whole world. And when we think of those barriers in our life or those um, sometimes self-imposed, maybe even self-imagined reasons why it's like, well, I just can't do this because I'm not good enough, I'm not holy enough, Um, you know, whatever reason, all of the reasons, remember, those are rarely coming from within you. Hmm. They're usually being pushed on you. By someone else. And the it's, evil one. Yeah, and it's not usually someone you can yeah. see. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's uh, the way I look at it is, the more reasons you have not to do it, the more reason, the more important the reason is to do it. Ooh, that's you know, very like true. when you think, oh, but I got A, B, C, D, E, F, G. It's like, yeah, all of those reasons are proof that you need it right now. You know, I think of Mother Teresa of Calcutta, Saint Teresa of Calcutta. Remember how she had the rule of life for the missionaries of charity? They would always begin the day with a holy hour. And the sisters would do a holy hour, and the sisters were coming up to Mother Teresa saying, you know, Mother, we have so much to do. We're so tired. You know, is there any way we can actually cut back the holy hour to a half an hour? And she said, oh, if we were that busy, then we need a second holy hour. I and they're like, what the? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, she said, because yeah. if we have that many reasons to look at reevaluating how much time we spend in prayer, then mm-hmm. we have that many more reasons to put mm-hmm. more time into prayer. And it's the same with bringing the heart of Jesus into our home. If you have reasons that are preventing you from bringing his heart in right now, then all of those reasons point to why you need to bring his heart into your heart. And Father, right you've also shared, because uh, many times the family's not unified. Yeah. And so one of the spouses, you know, it really needs to maybe be 
obedient and respectful and there is that tension going on yeah but you have shared which i think is a beautiful thing is to get a holy card get an image and of course we have thousands out there and there's more where that came from and those are just in my house (laughs) (laughs) on every wall (laughs) in every bed about there but uh but just just let them come in in a way yeah. that you can bring them in yeah. and start uh, praying that, yep. Lord, you know, open those doors, help help this to be able to happen here. Yeah. And, um, you know, it might take time, but begin. Yeah. Don't just wait. I, I remember someone calling, or actually it was someone visiting the parish, and I'm like, Father, I just, I really want to do the enthronement, but, you know, like I've got my laundry all over the place, you know. I, I'm, I hate to admit it, but I'm kind of I'm just yeah. disorganized. I'm a yeah. mess. And I said, "So wait a minute. You're going to keep the living God out of your house mm-hmm. because you have unfolded laundry on the couch. Mm. Um, is it? I mean, is it an issue of not being able to do it yourself? And she's like, well, I'm just so stretched thin. I just can't get to it. And it's like, well." then don't you want the Lord in there to help you out? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like he's going to fold it the way you want it to be folded, but I say <laughs> bring all hands on deck right now, you know, and it's like, don't worry. Uh, I mean, the most important thing is like, you're seriously going to keep the living God out of your house mm-hmm. because of unfolded laundry. Well, when you kind of like get that blunt explanation right there, it's like, I would say bring the Lord in. Jesus is not opposed to helping you with the laundry. He wants to get you to heaven. And if laundry's keeping you from there, he's going to help. And the testimonies that you know are shared and there's so many of course that are not shared but the people who do take the time to contact us and share with us the graces that have come forth from the enthronement and from welcoming jesus in their home in a formal way in a way that says you know we're opening the door here yeah. you're going to be the yep. the king the brother the friend yep. and you know, it just, it's so inspiring. Yeah. And to, I really encourage people to share those stories, to contact Welcome is Heart, contact Emily Jaminette and yeah. any of us really to pass it on. Well, because, because all of those people who gave a witness, up. they all said like, I am the tax collector. Yeah. I am the sinner and Jesus came to my home. Right. You know, I mean, it's like we have to start acknowledging we're more like the tax collector and the sinner than we are like Jesus. But Jesus wants to come into our home like he did with the tax collectors and the sinners. He wants to come into our home. And it's like, I mean, I'm not going to keep the door closed on the Lord because I want him to open that door to heaven when I show up there. And for Chuck and I, it's been, what, Chuck? What He's so good with numbers. 30 years. 30 years. (laughs) (laughs) That came out very fast. (laughs) Well, he's he's on it. (laughs) I'm a little delayed. But, you know, we know the graces. And sometimes it might take years to look back and to see the hand of the rearranged furniture and, you know, the graces that were come forth. So it it might not, it's not a, you know, okay, next day, my life's just going to be peaches. Yeah. Yeah, Hang in there. I remember blessing a, a business and we enthroned the Sacred Heart. We enthroned the Sacred Heart and I was blessing the business and you're going around the building and the, the owner who was also the, the manager, day-to-day operations, he was really quite desperate for a change. And we were walking around, blessing, and we'd done the enthronement. And, um, you know, sometimes you just get that, that impression, that sense. And I looked over and I said, I know this isn't what you want to hear. I said, but 
it's clear, it's abundantly clear, and I can't necessarily explain why, but you've enthroned the Lord's sacred heart. And I said, things will get worse before they get better. Mm. But what's amazing is the Lord is walking with you through that chapter that's going to be worse. But imagine trying to survive that without him. And I said, just brace yourself. And I said, but brace yourself in his mercy, depend upon his love, and know that his presence is with you right now. (laughs) Is that what happened? Unfortunately, it's exactly what happened. Uh But you know what? Now he looks back, and now they've hit that plateau of peace. But he said, he goes, Mm -hmm. we lost our house. We lost Mm -hmm. our vehicles. We almost lost the business, Mm -hmm. you know? And he said, but I can see now how it was the Lord's timing. I put it off and I put it off and I put it Mm. off for months, if not years. I finally did it. And then within a matter of time, all of reality kind of became unveiled. And I just realized we have to lean into this. We have to confront this. We have to acknowledge it. And they did. And now they're much stronger for it. But, you know, I, and we think about that with so, so much gratitude. It's like, he goes, I would not have survived had it not been for the Lord with and see, me. See, the stories like that yep. just really help people to connect with them and to put it into focus. And that's also what our newsletter does. Yeah. I really yeah. encourage you to sign up for the newsletter and sign other people up for the newsletter. They can always unsubscribe if they... <laughs> You're that person, aren't yes, you? <laughs> yes. I don't apologize. It's like a gift. A gift. But... To share some of those stories and, you know, inspiration when there's so much bad news out there. This is all good news. It's true, yeah. Well, and as we close a little bit on the Gospel of Matthew today, and as he uh, responded quickly, um, and he got up and left and followed followed Jesus, you know, we're we're all going to have our own journey with Jesus. Some is going to be instant. Some is going to be on a delay. Yep. And but he's always open for us to say yes. Yeah. And then at the end, he says, I did not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. And I think we're all sinners in whatever way we can. That's why we need the Savior. That's why we need the Sacred Heart. So the challenge for all the listeners is, number one, if you haven't enthroned, pray on it. Go on, yeah. welcome his heart. Get the kit. You can uh, contact uh, through Welcome His Heart. We can have a missionary contact you, help you, walk you through the enthronement. Mm. And the second thing is, if you have enthroned, well, it's not once and done. He wants you to honor His heart. And today is First Friday. That's why we have the program. Get to Mass, honor the Lord on First Fridays. Get to Mass on Sundays. Take your family. And as we think about that type of freedom, Father. We also move right into July, which is the celebration of independence and freedom. Yeah. And true freedom. And I know Pope St. John Paul II said, freedom consists not in doing what we like, but in having the right to do what we ought. Ought to do, yeah. And I think every single one of our listeners, it doesn't matter their age, It doesn't matter their state in life. It doesn't matter the vocation the Lord has asked them to live out. Um, Knowing that we're all made for holiness, we're all called to holiness, that right there totally puts the whole world on its head. When St. John Paul II said, freedom consists not in doing what we like, but in having the right to do what we ought, to do what we ought, to do the good. 
you know, to pursue the good, to pursue the Lord, the living God. Um, that's what puts into context why we Catholic Christians live the way we do, why all Christians are called to live a different way. It's a way that's authored by the Lord. Remember, the Lord says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Well, what is this way? It's a way of life. We are supposed to live Jesus, live Jesus forever. And we live in a world, we live in a moment in time where confusion and chaos reign, but a lot of the chaos and confusion reign because people think that they can do whatever they want. And it's not, that's not freedom. It's the ability to do what you ought to do. Bondage. Exactly. You become a slave to your own, the pursuits of your flesh. And the thing is, you know, the, the further and farther we drift from the Lord, the more and more enslaved we become. And yet, there the words of St. John Paul II, they so beautifully ring and echo even today. As we remember, freedom consists not in doing what we like, but in having the right to do what we ought to do to pursue the good. And as we're on the first Friday of the month of July, and in literally hours, hours later, today, people will start celebrating with their family and their friends Independence Day weekend. And it's a beautiful time for we Americans. I mean, this weekend is our weekend. We love it. You know, this is a good weekend. Um, but we have to remember that what is real freedom? What is true freedom? The ability to do what you ought to do. Not necessarily what you want to do, but what and, you ought to and do. And at this moment in time in our country, you know, we've sometimes taken that for granted that we have the uh, the legal ability yes. even yeah. to worship yeah. and to proclaim our faith. But, you know, I, I think we really have to take that seriously yeah. and start living it and proclaiming it even more. Yeah. And for this year, um, we, I saw on the Internet, veterans were selling crosses with mm. stars and stripes on it. And so we put that on the outside of our house with our American flag. Yeah. Because, you know, it's not just the flag. Right. It's really that uh, our Lord is the head of our country. Yeah. And, but we really, this is a time, this is a serious time yep. to proclaim it. Absolutely. And this, this quote here our freedom, then, our independence must be rooted in our pursuit of God. When Jesus reveals his sacred heart to us, he clearly reveals the one place towards which we must journey, the one person we must pursue. Without Jesus, there is no freedom. Without an ability to pursue our desire for union with Jesus' heart, there is no independence. So we need Jesus, Father. We do. And we need his heart. And as I've shared before on the radio, being a convert, this would have been foreign to me yeah. before yeah. entering into, I call it the Catholic club. Oh, Chuck, it's foreign to most Catholics, too. They belong. They don't even know it. They've got a membership card. They don't he use it. amazing grace, very loud. Yeah. They were in church. But when you do pursue Jesus and you want to pursue him in your home, because I believe today that's the most important place right now for Jesus is to get him into the home, into the family and make faith a priority. And one of the reasons you want to make faith a priority is you want to make freedom a priority. Yes. You know, um, Emily Jaminette, 
uh, the director of the National Enthronement Movement, she came and we had a beautiful interview. I think it was record. It was more like one of those dreadful recordings, you know, where it's like, Father, we're going to record you. It's like, Ugh. you know. And she you said, great, you know, a very faithful daughter of a certain Chuck. You know, she went straight for the jugular. She's like, Father, three seconds or less. Why should someone enthrone their home? It's like, boy, you know, we don't without even rehearsing. You know, but I said, okay, here's the basic. Do you want to be human? Ah. Do you want to be human? We have people who are struggling and wrestling and fighting to maintain their humanity mm. because they're being turned into robots. They're being turned into animals. Mm. They're being turned into just things. They're being turned into numbers. Do you want to be human? Jesus Christ reveals humanity to himself. So if you want to know who you are, you spend time with Jesus because he will reveal you to yourself. And that's amazing because we're all, like this weekend especially, we're grappling with the reality, the gift, the privilege, the responsibility of freedom. But it's like, how can someone be free if they don't even know who they are? So you draw close to the Lord, He reveals you to yourself, He teaches you, He reveals to you how much you are loved, how much He desires to forgive you, how much He desires to fill you with His divine life, we call that grace. But He wants to make you human, he wants to bring he, you into the fullness of that. But we can't be not become human. He wants us to reconnect with our humanity. Exactly. Yeah. But we can't be a but robot. We, most of us have sacrificed our humanity and just become a rote creature that does whatever big corporations tell us or the government tells us to yeah. do. You know? And so we, we've learned that innate dignity of our humanity, the beauty of our humanity. And a lot of that comes about because of the violence we inflict upon ourselves and mm. our neighbor. So the Lord is crying out, you know, remember that I made you as someone special, a human. And then in baptism, we're just not merely a creature, but we become a son or daughter of God the Father, a brother or sister of the Lord Jesus Christ, a disciple who's prompted and guided by the Holy Spirit. So in order to really understand freedom, we have to understand that we were created to be human. You know, we are created in the image and likeness of God, and there is no greater gift right now than announcing to people, you are not a slave to the media. You're not a slave to the popular culture. Exactly. You have a dignity that was planted deep within you by the Lord, Mm -hmm. the living God himself. And right there, that is liberating. It changes everything. It does. And then as a human, you realize, Mm -hmm. with my dignity, there's supposed to be freedom. I need to be able Mm -hmm. to choose to do the good, to do what I ought to do. And that's where you see the brilliance in the church, whether it was in Mexico during the Cristero Wars or whether it was the church in Eastern Europe under communism. They, un- they understood the two go hand in hand, the liberating power of the gospel, teaching us that we are sons and daughters of God the Father, and the need to be free to choose God. And also, Father, I was thinking with listeners out there, and a lot of times they say, yeah, but my, my background is not a good one, Father. I've made a lot of yeah. dumb mistakes. I've made a lot of bad choices. Now, how, how do I become liberated? How do I walk yeah. away from that darkness that I was living? Yeah. You bring Jesus into your home. Mm. You bring the sacred heart of Jesus mm. into your home. And if you are Catholic, but you're far from the sacraments, you go and make a very good, thorough, deep confession. But be very loving and kind to the priest and all of the other penitents and call <laughs> yeah. ahead. You know? yeah. Don't yeah. go there like three minutes before Mass and say, Father, it's been 30 years since my yeah. last confession. It's like, oh, good sweet point. Mother of Mercy, let's walk together and make a good... And don't ever be afraid of thinking that somehow you're going to shock or surprise the priest. Mm-hmm. Trust me. We have heard it 
Oh,、mm. <laughs> yeah. But that's the first step. Be forgiven.、Mm. Accept God's mercy. If you are not Catholic, and if you're not, you don't have that accessibility to the sacraments, well, consider this right now. You are invited to become one with Jesus Christ by considering the Catholic faith. Become Catholic. This is the perfect time to start wrestling with it. It's July. RCIA、mm. begins in about two months. Great suggestion. Call your parish and join the Catholic faith. Start to live life. Stop existing and start living. And it's. You know, not something that you have to, you're not signing up for the first RCIA class. It's a process of discernment, but you will learn about the faith, even if at the end you say, no, not now, or not for me. You will never regret taking that time、no. to learn the truth about the faith,、yeah. not what maybe the media has taught. Great suggestion, Father. Yeah, no, I, and I think, you know, the other thing is, Entering into the Catholic faith, entering into union with Jesus, accepting his heart into your home, accepting his heart into your mind and your own heart does not guarantee smooth sailing. Ah, yeah. You have the journey of life, you know?、Yeah. And Chuck, you could get testimony of this, you know? You become one with Jesus, but it's a walk, it's a journey. There's going to be ups and downs. Even walking is difficult sometimes. <laughs> well, particularly, particularly when you have some health issues. But, I'm no, thinking about your bad knee. <laughs> but I also think as we come to a close, think about this. It's July. And July is not a month to take off from your faith. No. We always used to say in seminary, it's not a、uh, vacation from your vocation. No, <laughs> oh, I like that. It's just that. a vacation from studies. This is a time to rally your family, get them to Mass, and get the heart of Jesus in、yeah. tone, and then honor the heart, particularly this、uh, July 4th. Go ahead and renew your enthronement. Indeed.、Um, I just had a, a young man from the parish depart our community to enter the military. Basic training, he's going to officer school. And he got a memo saying he's allowed to have one medal on his、um, dog tag chain. And he's like, Should I have the cross? And I said, No.、Hmm. Why don't you have the miraculous medal? And he's like, Well, why not the cross? I said, Because you've got your use of your hands and you can trace the cross over your body whenever you need Ooh, that reminder. Oh, I like that. And then, you know, and he said, But you gave me the four way medal. I was like, Yeah, or you could do that too, because our lady's on that as well. <laughs> I said, We Catholics, we got all kinds of tools in our toolbox, <laughs> you know. But the idea is, you know, this is not the time to let go or give up. This is the time to lean into the wind and pursue the Lord, especially with your loved ones at your side. I'd go with the five way cross. I thought she was talking five way chili. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Silence. <laughs> Are we live? Like, is this still a live program? Can you edit that? All right, we'll close in prayer. You can't make this up. You just can't. So, we're going to give ourselves to the Sacred Heart because we're just making a mess of things on our own. So, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. O most holy heart of Jesus, fountain of every blessing, I adore you. I love you. And with a lively sorrow for my sins, I offer you this poor heart of mine. Make me humble, patient, pure, and wholly obedient to your will. Grant, good Jesus, that I may live in you and for you. Protect me in the midst of danger. Comfort me in my afflictions. Give me health of body, assistance in my temporal needs. Your blessing on all that I do in the grace of a holy death. Amen. 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 The other day, one of my kids was talking back, and as the conversation went from bad to worse, I realized he wasn't thinking about what he was saying, he was just mad. His own words were starting to hurt him, and I had a grace filled moment where I switched from parental rage to compassion. <laughs> I interrupted him and said, I forgive you. 
and hugged him. After a minute, he stopped pushing me away, choked out a few tears, and said, I'm sorry. We don't have to wait for an apology to forgive someone. Sometimes forgiveness is precisely what gives a person the courage to say, I'm sorry. And as I reflected on what happened with my son, I realized that's exactly what Jesus did for us. The cross is God shouting to the world, I forgive you. And we can respond by saying no thanks or saying I'm sorry. Our response determines if we receive his forgiveness and our salvation. But mercy is always there for the taking from God. And it should be from us too. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com. I worked in pro baseball for a long time, and we play on Sundays. And it was an easy excuse. Uh, I took the easy out and just didn't go to Mass. Uh, When I was in college, I ended up having a lot of questions about my faith, and I ended up leaving the church. I might have gone to church, you know, at Christmas time. Gradually quit going. Went through a divorce and um, ended up being a single parent. If I didn't have church or God, I, I, I would be back at that lonely stage, that trouble stage. Whenever you get anxious and worry about things, you just know that Jesus has it under control. Now that I'm back in the Catholic Church, I'm a new person. I love it. And it's a place where I feel accepted for who I am. When you come home to the, to the church, you're coming home to a Catholic family where people today just embrace you. I have a peace when I walk through the doors of the Catholic Church, like that's where I belong. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. Good morning and welcome back to this Sacred Heart Hour on this first Friday of the month of July here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. We are very welcomed to... Welcomed. We're very blessed to be able to welcome you to join us. Boy, this month, we're all tongue twisters and tongue tied. Oh, and you're doing great, Father. So, so as well, we, we, end- don't, we don't want to end on a high note in July. <laughs> it's December where we end on a high note. We're so, just journeying along, Father. Here we are. Lest any of our listeners think that this is all like mocked and made up. No, this is very live and very real. <laughs> Oh, there's no doubt. (laughs) As we enter into the second segment of the Sacred Heart Hour, we invite you to join us with our covenant renewal with the heart of Jesus. Dear Sacred Heart of Jesus, we renew our pledge of love and loyalty to you. Keep us always close to your loving heart and to the most immaculate heart of your mother. May we love one another more each day, forgiving each other's faults as you forgive us our sins. Teach us to see you in the members of our family and those we meet outside the home, loving them as you love them, especially the poor and oppressed, that we may be instrumental in bringing about justice and peace. Please help us carry our cross daily out of love for you and help us strengthen this love by frequent participation in the celebration of the Eucharist. Thank you, dear Jesus, for all the blessings of this day. Protect us and all of our loved ones. Help us to live that we might get to heaven. Amen. 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 Well, Father, as we enter into the second session, I wanted to talk a little bit about welcomeusheart.com, our website. And on that, you can find a lot of material, a lot of information, throwing kits and so forth. But you can also find this book, The Secrets of the Sacred Heart, 12 Ways to Claim Jesus' Promises in Your Life by Emily Jaminette our executive director of the Sacred Heart Enthronement Network, and it was highly recommended by Kim Lee Hahn, a co-author of Rome Sweet Home. 
and she was just notified, Father, that she received this award from the Catholic Media Association on the book on spirituality for the year. Awesome. And uh, they're going into the third publication, Ave Maria Press. But I think what's good about this book, Father, is it brings people up to date what are these 12 promises? Yeah. Why are the 12 prom? Why did the Lord give us over that period of time, St. Margaret Mary, the 12 promises? But she puts them into a real way. Yeah. Testimonies, scripture, catechism, questions, so that everybody mm-hmm. can say, particularly if one big one is peace in your home. Oh, that's huge. And it yeah. can be used as a small group study, too. Yeah. With questions, I know we have done books like that with our Bible study as a small group. And sometimes, you know, when you need, well, not need a break from scripture, but it just yeah. kind of complements help, it, complements it yeah. helps us to live it in the world. Yeah. The, Absolutely. So we really recommend it. And um, I think it'll. You know, then let us know. Let well, us and keep know in mind, like, what keep you in mind, we're right there in that month of July. And if you have someone in your household, in your home, in your life, who maybe has been thinking about becoming mm-hmm. Catholic, or they might be on the fence, think about getting that book for them mm-hmm. so they can learn a little bit more about the heart of Jesus, which is the center of our faith. You know, it's the center of our faith well because said, it's the expression Father. of the love. It's a, it's a beautiful book. It's incredibly full of opportunities for meditation. And for growth and knowledge about the Lord, but at the same time, it's incredibly approachable and easy to read. There's a lot to digest in a very good, easy way. And number six, and again, these are just in a numbering, one through 12, but number six is sinners will find in my heart from our Lord, sinners will find in my heart the source and infinite ocean of mercy. And I go back to a couple years ago when our bishop, Bishop Brennan, talked about the ocean and how that that's ocean true. is yeah. so large, and Huge. you keep seeing those waves come. Yep. And that's the mercy that our Lord wants each of us to receive. But we also have good news, Father, uh, because I know you've been part of this discernment process and really locating a new spiritual director because of your time with your parish and now vicar of religious and all the things that are going on, beautiful things in our diocese, working with the bishop uh, to find someone more on a national basis that can continue to spread uh, this devotion as the spiritual director. And we have a person, Father Joe Laramie, uh, who is a Jesuit priest, um, has accepted the position for a year to step in and help us be the spiritual director. And I know, Father, you mentioned two things. One, look for someone without a diocese connection or a parish, and also if you could find a Jesuit priest. Why the Jesuits and the Sacred Heart? Sure. Well, and truth be told, it was uh, we asked the Lord for the grace to be able to find a priest who could really assist on the national front, mm-hmm. someone who's able to be a spiritual director, for those calls that come in from state to state, coast to coast, and north there are to many south, of them. many of them, and uh, especially a priest who would have a passion and a zeal for the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And uh, Father Joe is uh, right now at the head of the uh, Apostleship of Prayer, which is a beautiful apostolic movement within and under the charge and the care of the uh, Jesuits. And the Apostleship of Prayer has always been intimately bound up with the devotion of the Sacred Heart. 
And as a Jesuit, um, deeply embedded within the authentic spirituality of the Jesuits is the heart of Jesus, going all the way back to their founder, St. Ignatius of Loyola, who, as a Spaniard, comes from a country, a culture, where the heart of Jesus, the incarnation of God in the flesh, is incredibly potent and powerful. And in order, in order to understand and appreciate the significance and the gravity of St. Ignatius of Loyola's devotion to the Sacred Heart, you have to understand the Spanish culture. You know, in Spanish culture of the country of Spain, you know, you have these two incredible pillars of devotion to the Lord. A devotion to his infancy as a baby, as a child, the Bambino Jesu, you know, the Divino Nino, and then also this incredible devotion to the crucified Savior, the Lord who endures the passion out of love for us. And you can see that in their uh, passion-tied processions, Holy Week processions, but then you can also see that in their fantastic expression of love and devotion to the infant at Christmas time. What's the one devotion to the Lord? What's the one reality of the Lord that unites those two chapters? His heart. The Sacred Heart was present at the infancy. The Sacred Heart was present at the Passion. So that devotion to the Sacred Heart, God in the flesh, God's presence, His personhood, His heart, available to us, is deeply embedded within that spirituality. And that's what Ignatius of Loyola grew up with. I never so he offers knew that any to his of whole this, company Father. of Jesus. You know? This is so helpful. Yeah. And so it's, it's there. And then, of course, when you jump ahead, look at the brilliance and the beauty of the Jesuit martyrs who were sent to England. Hmm knowing that more than likely they mm. would be imprisoned and put to death for their holy Catholic faith, especially by Queen Elizabeth. You know, most of them landed on the shore, they were caught soon after, and they were put into the Tower of London. And if you go into the Tower of London and you look at the cells where these Jesuits were mm. kept as prisoners, that's where you find some of the earliest graffiti of the heart of Jesus. Mm. These priests, knowing that they were sentenced to death, would carve the heart into the wall with a cross. Mm. And that was the source of their meditation. They would kneel in prayer, waiting for death, mm. gazing upon the image of the cross and the heart, knowing that the heart of Jesus was pierced on the cross. I mean, and, and one of those priests was St. Claude de la Colombière, who was the spiritual director of St. Margaret Mary, Alacoque, who received the apparitions of our Lord in the 1670s. And remember, St. Claude, as a young priest, when he was ordained, he was brilliant. He was a genius. Now, did he go to England? He did, yeah. Did he die in England? He, no, he became tragically ill and came back. Okay. Um, but he, he, his health broke while mm-hmm. he was in England. But he, um, what's amazing is, you know, being ordained, everyone expected him to go become a professor of theology. Mm-hmm. But instead, he was sent to the middle of nowhere, France, mm-hmm. Paris Le Monial, and the reason why is they wanted, they needed someone who was a master in the ways and the life and the love and the mercy of God to meet with this sister, Sister Margaret Mary, mm. who had been receiving apparitions from the Lord. And they needed to make sure that everything was legit, mm-hmm. everything was real, everything was grounded. And so this young priest started meeting with this visitation mm. nun. And like one of the beautiful conversations was when St. Claude, a Jesuit, asked St. Margaret Mary, uh, the next time the Lord appears to you, ask the Lord what my favorite sin of my youth was. And of course, then Sister, now St. Margaret Mary, is like, I don't want to know what your favorite sin was. Mm-hmm. That, that's between you and the Lord, you know? No, go and ask the Lord. Well, when the Lord appears, you know, she said, uh, that my chaplain, my spiritual director, my confessor wants to know from you what his favorite sin was from his youth. And the Lord said, I don't remember because he confessed it. Mm. And she then started to doubt the validity of the apparitions, and she goes back to St. Claude, Father Claude, and shares what the Lord had said, and that's when he fell down on his knees in prayer and said, Hmm. it is the Lord who is appearing to you, because the evil one remembers our sins. But Hmm. if we've confessed him with sincerity and contrition, the Lord forgets, that ocean of mercy, that imagery. 
And wow. so the Jesuits have been deeply ingrained uh, in the reality and the love and the devotion to the Sacred Heart. So it's really a blessing to have Father Joe Laramie, who's with the Apostleship of Prayer, take on this beautiful year of service this with um, Sacred Heart. This might even help some of the Jesuits to reconnect. I hope. As, you it'll know, help everyone, yeah. It'll help everyone. Yeah. And he's also written a book, Abide in the Heart of Christ. And uh, so it's a 10-day uh, personal retreat with St. Ignatius. And I know, Father, at the end of the month, we have a feast day coming up, St. Ignatius. Of Loyola, yes. And why is the Sacred Heart so important in these spiritual exercises? Well, keep in mind, it's something that is inherited from the spirituality of St. Ignatius. And the other yeah. thing is, we don't go through conversion just to become more of who we're supposed to be. We go through conversion so as to be cl- closer and deeply, more deeply united with the heart of the Lord. The Lord is the focus of any true conversion, not ourselves. Mm-hmm. We convert ourselves to His way, to the truth, to His life. And that's why one of the reasons why His heart is at the center of those exercises, because it's a, an experience of conversion, a journey towards the Lord who seeks to dwell within, not merely towards you know a, a blissful union with yourself, but a blissful union mm. with the Lord. Well, and what a gift. And again, Father, as we have pondered and reflected on these past 10 years uh, when we first met, uh, the doors the Lord continues to open, continues to be the blessing that He wants His heart to be in every family, every home. And He knows. Around the world. Around the world. And He knows the family today needs it more than ever. So we welcome Father Joe, and uh, as Father will continue with the radio program articles, helping us in any way, Father Stosh Daly, uh, we really are blessed now. We need you, Father. <laughs> yeah. This is Chuck's way of saying, it's not far. out with the old and with no. the new. It's no. like, we're keeping the old no. and bringing it. Uh, <laughs> Father, yes. Father, we have a lifetime contract with you, <laughs> and the only way it can be broken it has to go through Joanne and I. Uh-oh, uh-uh. uh, Iron clan. It, it won't happen. But I know, Father, as we move on now, we move on to some wonderful, wonderful feast days. And I thought we would talk about the one that, uh, and you reflected on it yesterday, this relatively new feast day, St. Margaret, St. Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Um, why the the... Pope Francis elevated this this year. Any thoughts? Well, you know, to be honest with you, if any of our listeners who have experienced the enthronement, for those who have looked into the enthronement, and for those who might not know anything about it, remember, essential to the element of bringing the Lord's Sacred Heart into your home is making your home, where you live, another Bethany, another place where the Lord can be at peace, another place where the Lord can be at rest, another place where the Lord can be with his friends, with his family, with his disciples. So a part of the enthronement process is making our home where we live a Bethany for the Lord, a place where he can truly be at peace, at rest, and be loved. Well, what's Bethany? Where's Bethany? Bethany's in the, it's mentioned in the Gospels. Bethany is the place of residence for Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, the family of the Lord, cousins of the Lord, as we say. Remember, that's where Lazarus was raised from the dead. That's where Mary and Martha, you know, Martha, Martha, you know, all of, all of those conversations take place in Bethany. And we find in the presence of Saints Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, we find in their presence a beautiful place 
on earth where the Lord is at peace because he's surrounded by those who love him. And I mean, I'm, I always, in my own personal meditation, especially from John's gospel, I always think of, you know, the resurrection of Lazarus from the dead. And the vast majority of meditations and interpretations uh, upon the resurrection of Lazarus from the dead, you know, a lot of people le- lean towards Jesus weeping. And they say, well, he's weeping because Lazarus has died. I've never been content with that. I've never been happy with that. That has never sufficed. I've always, I've drifted towards the interpretation of um, Monsignor Giussani, who said that Jesus weeps because he, he's going to have to bring Lazarus back to this life. Huh. I love that. He knows Lazarus is in a better place, and he's going to have to bring him back, and he's going to have to die all huh. over again. Yeah. What a dredge. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but he's going to have to bring him back to life to prove a point. I mean, Jesus is the Lord, the living, the Lord of the living, the Lord of the dead. Jesus knows where Lazarus is at, and he's going to have to bring Lazarus back to this, you know, yeah, just to die Mary again. and Martha, I mean, the joy that he gave them, it yeah, would it's be true. Yeah. really selfless if yeah. he had a choice to yeah. come back. But remember when um, Jesus challenges them, he's like, you know, do you believe in the resurrection? We do believe in the resurrection. So, I mean, and that's the thing. Mary and Martha are both beautiful, powerful women of faith. So, when you enter into this, I mean, Holy Father Pope Francis has, you know, brought this to the forefront of our liturgical life on July 29th, this, you know, Feast of Saints Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. Why? Well, because each one of us should cultivate in our lives, within and among our families, and in our homes, this, this openness to the Lord being able to dwell among us in peace where he is loved. And if you go back to the promises Jesus makes through the sacred heart, I will give peace to their homes, peace to their families. Well, part of the reason why he wants there to be peace is so that he can be at rest with us. (laughs) Not constantly being called in on like the 911 squad to bring peace between the fighting siblings, but so that he can be at peace with us and we can be at peace with him. And it doesn't mean the world around us is going to be at peace. You can have mm-hmm. peace with Jesus and peace with your loved ones, even when the whole world mm-hmm. might be in a very different place. But that's just it. When we look at someone like Martha and someone like Mary and someone like Lazarus, it's like, how did they welcome the Lord? They welcomed him with open arms, eagerness, excitement, sometimes tears, you know, over the reality of life. But the Lord came, the Lord was welcomed, the Lord was heard. The Lord was loved, the Lord was adored in that home and Bethany by his loved ones. And so that's that's the opportunity for us when we do the enthronement, when we bring the heart of Jesus into our homes, we want him to come to our place like it's another Bethany. And also, Father, oh, beautiful, I, know, Father. I know we talked about in Bethany where Jesus was welcomed as the king, brother, and friend, is the model of enthroning the sacred heart in our homes yeah. because it's welcoming the king, brother, and friend. And Father, you know, that's always something that for me has been a little, we got a king, we got a brother, and we got (laughs) a friend. How would you help our audience understand the power of the king, the power of the brother, and the power of the friend? Well, remember, when we're inviting Jesus into our home, we're inviting him into our home, not because he's just some dude standing on the corner of the street. We're inviting him into our home because he's God, because he's the Messiah, Mm -hmm. because he's the Christ, in Greek, Christos, because he's the Savior. So the only reason why we're inviting Jesus in is because he's God. So the fact that we're inviting him in, we're already admitting he is God. Inviting him into our home, we acknowledge that God in the flesh, Jesus in the flesh, in the sacred heart, through the sacred heart, 
God, who we're bringing into our home, we're inviting into our home, we are opening the door to him. We are opening the door to him to come in, the living God, to be our king so that he will lead us, to be our brother so that he will love us, and to be our friend so that he will live with us and accompany us. So when we say in the enthronement of the Sacred Heart and the devotion of the Sacred Heart on this first Friday, when we consider the Sacred Heart of Jesus as our King, as our brother, as our friend, we're acknowledging that we each need Jesus to be the King as the one who leads us, governs us. He is our brother who loves us. He is our brother. We are united to him in grace. And then he is our friend. He lives with us. He accompanies us. And if you think about those things, those three things are not synonymous A king is not always a brother. A king is not always a friend. Our friends are not usually our kings. Our friends are not our brothers. Sometimes we are privileged to have a brother who is a friend, but that doesn't mean he's the king. So when we bring the Lord, the living God, the Savior, the Messiah, the Christ into our home, we're already admitting he's God. But we're admitting that there's three different ways that we want to relate to him the Lord, the living God. We want to relate to Jesus as our king. He will govern and lead us in this home. We relate to Jesus who is the living God as our brother. We will love him and he will love us. He's a part of our family, a member of our family. He, We welcome the living God, the Christ, the Messiah, as our friend. You know, he accompanies us wherever we go. And that's amazing because when you look at how the average Catholic Christian lives, they might admit Jesus is Lord, But do you say, but he is my king, like he governs me. I don't make any decisions without consulting my king, the Lord, the living God. Not all of us can say yes. We need to be able to say yes, but not all of us can. Then it's like, okay, the living God, do you love him as much as he loves you as a part of your own family, flesh and blood in the order of grace? You know, uh, well, I genuflect. (laughs) It's like, no. Do you have that heartfelt conversation with someone who is your brother, Hmm. you know, leading you to the Father? And then friend, you know, we've all been inundated by messages that were really foolhardy and empty about how Jesus is my friend for the past 40 years, to to going so far as to deny that he is also king and brother. But the thing is, if he's not king, if he's not brother, then eventually we deny his divinity. If we deny his divinity, then what kind of friend can he really be? Are we really listening or are we just kind of giving FaceTime? So when we bring Jesus into our homes, the only reason we're doing that is because he is the living God. We admit in faith, I believe he is the living God. But in bringing him in, there's three different elements to the relationship, king, brother, and friend. And, you know, I've also brings to mind all the friends of the Sacred Heart who have accompanied us in this apostolate and to really thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you because you have made Jesus the king and the brother and you are a friend. And friends do, friends are action. Friends don't just say, I'm your friend. (laughs) But when there's a need, when there is uh, something, a Like you prove friendship by being engaged with the friend. And we also want to continue to let you know how much we appreciate all those who have accompanied us and are still accompanying us and how it's growing this army of people who befriended Jesus in that way. And thank you. Thank you so much from Jesus, from his heart. You know, Father, as we talk about some other feast days coming up, just quickly, um, 
the importance of feast days. Yeah. Um, it's like having a birthday. It's like uh, having a holiday, you uh, know? Not every day is the there's same. There's something to celebrate in the church. There's always a reason to there celebrate. Really <laughs> there's always a reason to celebrate. And, you know, on the 22nd, we have the Feast of St. Mary Magdalene, which mm. has been bumped up to the category of solemnity. Mm. And remember, she is the one who announced the resurrection to the apostles. So there's mm. an incredible, an incredible witness value to the life of St. Mary Magdalene. And uh, as such, because she announced the resurrection of the apostles, she's one of the great patronesses of the Dominican friars. Mm. Um, you know, so it's a beautiful opportunity. But these feasts and these solemnities, they change things up a bit so that we don't ever get kind of like uh, mundane or bored with living life day to day as Catholic Christians. We always have a reason to party. <laughs> and I do like penance. That. Penance and party. Yeah. I like that. I, I know we once in a while have to touch a touch on the Franciscans. <laughs> Well, and one of them I showed think, up the other day. Yeah, July 1st. <laughs> so, I'm getting, get away. <laughs> I'm getting notes from my left. Don't forget Junipero, Sarah, you know, who also is a beautiful example of sanctity and, you know, a very beautiful witness, uh, born in Spain, but he came to our country in the 1700s, uh, St. Junipero Serra. Uh, went up and down the California coast. He established nine of the missions, baptized over 6,000 wow. souls. Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> he brought uh, eternal life, you know, through the soul to 6,000 people. Um, and while the chaos of our present age led many to become confused about his true person and his love for the Lord, remember, he is in heaven. He's yeah. in heaven with the Lord, and we celebrate his fidelity and his love of Jesus, no matter what the popular culture might say about him. He was a priest of Jesus who offered the Holy Mass, baptized 6,000 people into a deep union with Jesus, once again as king, brother, and friend. He loved the people with a total heart and a complete heart of divine love. And so we honor him. Um, and it's still to this day a fascinating sight to go through California and to see oh, statues yes. that survived the social unrest of last year. But there are still places where statues of him stand. And it really makes you think. I mean, it's like this Franciscan friar loved Jesus so much that he left his native home, uh, native language, went halfway around the world, and then dedicated his life in service to the Lord by bringing people to Jesus. So a beautiful, beautiful and, life and, of holiness. As we talk about independence, as we come to a closure and freedom, we also see the connection. When you remove God, when you take God out, yeah. you see the chaos that enters in. Yeah. See, here's the thing. We were made by God, and we were made for God. And when humanity tries to get rid of God, mm-hmm. eventually we're going to get rid of ourselves. Yeah. Because we remind each other of the Lord. We were created in His image and likeness. So it's a very, very sad, dangerous, violent path to go down. And that's why it's up to each one of us who knows, loves, and believes in Jesus and serves Him to bring the Lord back to the forefront so that He can save humanity. And He will, and He does save humanity. He reveals us to ourselves, and He lets us know how much we are loved. Yeah. Well, Father, thank you. We are, thank worn, you. We are worn out. So Phew. much <laughs> And, uh, Meditate on yeah, and it celebrate. goes pretty pretty quick. It does. Oh, it one hour? Yeah. And life. Yeah. Life too. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and we're gonna have a great program coming up in August. Um We say that because none of us are gonna be yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Y'all are gonna have a great time. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be in Maine and Father will be traveling. 
But uh, to close, we'll have our executive director here, Bill Messerly and Emily Jaminette, and our new spiritual director. So stay tuned for First Friday in August. And I know, Father, you're going to close us in prayer. There we go. As we bring this hour on the first Friday of the month of July to a close, we direct the attention of our minds and our hearts and all of the intentions we carry in our hearts to the heart of Jesus. Most kind Jesus, we humbly kneel at thy feet. We renew the consecration of ourselves to thy divine heart. Be thou our king forever. In you we have full and entire confidence, and may thy Holy Spirit penetrate our thoughts, our desires, our words, and our deeds. Bless all of our undertakings, share in our joys and in our trials, and in our labors. Grant us to know Thee better, to love Thee more, and to serve Thee without faltering. Amen. 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 This is listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, AM820, on WVSG Columbus, and FM88.3, WSGR, New Boston, Portsmouth.